premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, wherever you are, whenever you are, and whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, folks, I hope that you're having a really, truly blessed day in the Lord. I hope that you made it a point to spend some time with the Lord today. I hope that you made it to church this morning. And I hope that your preacher was on fire for the Lord today and gave you a good, solid message from the Word of God, the King James Bible. And folks, I also hope that you came out of church with a renewed love for the Word of God and a fresh burden for souls. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and this is our Sermon Sunday broadcast. And today, I'm going to bring you a message on a very, very serious subject, a heavy subject. Today, I'm going to bring you a message on hell. The Bible says that the majority of mankind will find themselves in this place that was originally designed for the devil and for his angels, this place called hell. But did you know that you could avoid hell? And after the message today, I sincerely hope that you will. But before we get into the message today, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get there, would you head over to our contact section, and why don't you send us off a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, folks, don't forget to send over those prayer requests. I really do look forward to getting the prayer requests. I look forward to spending my private time with the Lord and praying over your needs and uh, the needs of others who have emailed me over the course of the week for, the, for their, uh, their, their prayer needs. It's a real blessing, folks. It really is to be able to, uh, to bear one another's burdens. And that's what the Bible tells us we ought to be doing. We ought to be bearing one another's burdens. We ought to be praying consistently, consistently in prayer. Uh, we should pray without ceasing, the Bible says. So, folks, send over those prayer requests, and you can use that web form and our contact section to do that. Now, if you don't like using the web form, hey, you know what? That's fine. I don't like using it either. That's why we set up the email address. So you can always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, also, folks, while you're on the website, would you please look for the Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. 
and that would be a monthly recurring contribution. Now I know that the economy's tight. A lot of you know a lot of folks can't afford to do a monthly contribution like that. And hey, that's fine. Uh, you could also make a one-time contribution if you feel so inclined to do by clicking on the Waygiver button, which is also on our website. And we have recently added a uh, a cash app. Uh, QR code to the website as well. So you could do the monthly recurring contribution. You could uh, do a one-time contribution through Waygiver and now through Cash App. So uh, why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, you know, if these live broadcasts and these uh, podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, shape, or form, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, first of all, uh, and foremost, I want to thank, as always, the Lord Jesus Christ for, first of all, for saving me, for saving me from hell, from saving me, for saving me from an eternity in hell. And as we get into the message today, I hope, I hope, and I pray that you will call upon the Lord Jesus Christ to save you from hell. Now, I'll be honest, I've told I think I've, I've pretty much told this testimony before. I'm not going to get into great detail about it, but um, the main reason why I got saved was because I heard a message very similar to this one about hell and who's going there, and it literally scared the hell out of me. And that was my, motiva- that was my motivating factor for coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, folks, I hope, and it's my sincere prayer, that the Lord would use this message today to get to you if you're not already saved. I also want to thank the Lord for, for uh, allowing me this opportunity to serve him as I am doing so right now, behind a microphone, opening up the Word of God, sharing uh, the things that I've learned, and uh, being able to kind of fellowship with you around the cross of Christ, around the Word of God, getting together like this, pooling our ignorance together, trying to learn something from the Word of God, something that we could apply to our everyday life. This is a, a, a tremendous blessing for me to be able to do this. I am so very, very thankful to the Lord for allowing me to do this. So um, I just want to thank Him again for saving me and also for allowing me this ministry opportunity. I also want to say thank you to all of our current supporters, those of you who support us prayerfully. Folks, your prayers mean the world to me. Thank you so much for them. It's such an encouragement Whenever I open up my email and I see a note from somebody that's been listening to the show and they're letting me know that they're praying for me, they're praying for my family, they're praying for the ministry that we have here, uh, it's really a blessing, and uh, thank you so very, very much for it. I also want to say thank you to those of you who already support us um, financially. Uh, Your contributions have really helped us in, in expanding our outreach and being able to get on multiple platforms, some of which you know, require a monthly payment. Like for example, the, the studio that I use, you know, that's a, that's a monthly, that's a monthly payment. And, uh, your contributions have gone such a long way in helping us to cover these expenses and, uh, to plan in the future for, uh, for, for, for purchasing materials. And like we said, we're trying to get cases of Bibles that we can give away. And, uh, we're very close to doing that. And also, uh, as you know, we've, uh, we've gotten into the uh, Missionary of the Month that we've been highlighting. We started this January. Uh, we talked about the LaRue family in Chile, and I am very pleased to announce that we are going to be sending him 
a, uh, a contribution on behalf of the SOTS podcast family of $150. And uh, we're able to do that because of your giving and your contributions to our program. So thank you so very, very much for it. And folks, if you're still, if you're out there, you're listening and you're still sitting on the fence as to whether or not you could support us or want to support us in any way, uh, please, please pray about it because by us sending out some financial support to this, this missionary, uh, you know, he's going to be able to, to do more outreach, to reach more souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will all in eternity benefit from that at the judgment seat of Christ. So folks, uh, please consider that as you, uh, as you pray about whether or not to support us. And uh, I also want to say thank you, of course, to every single one of you who listen on a regular basis, who are faithful listeners to the program. God bless you for it, because, uh, because of the number of downloads and plays that we have uh, on the Good Pods platform, we are currently sitting at number one on four charts in the, on, that, on that particular platform. And so thank you so very, very much for that. And, uh, you know, this isn't bragging. This isn't like, you know, patting ourselves on the shoulder saying, oh, we're so great. No, it's not that at all. Believe me, I've listened to the podcast myself. I know that it's not so great. And I know that it's filled with a lot of bloopers and errors and mistakes. And, you know, I get tongue tied a lot and, you know, because my mouth is going faster than, you know, than my brain goes sometimes. But, um, but uh, we, you know, you, you, your downloads and your, your plays have, put us in those positions and it's great because when folks go to those platforms and they're searching for podcasts that they can listen to and uh they're you know they're searching for um just had a power out sorry uh and they're searching for uh, a good bible study podcast or a good bible study live broadcast uh a lot of folks do what I do. They go onto a platform and they look where the, uh, the, the top-rated podcasts are. And if we're up there on those charts, yeah, we're, we're going to get a lot more folks listening and we're going to reach a lot more people with the gospel message. So thank you so much for listening in faithfully, and thank you so very, very much for all of your support, whether it's prayers, whether it's finances, or whether it's just downloading and playing. Thank you so much. God bless you for it, and please keep it going. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you pay us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, you can always visit the church's Facebook page. Just log into Facebook and search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And once you're there, you're going to find lots of helpful information, and you'll also find episodes of this podcast as well. And I want to say thank you to, uh, first of all, my pastor, John Monk, for uh, allowing me the opportunity to post the uh, shows on the church's Facebook page. You guys already know, so for the benefit of those listening for the first time, I don't have a Facebook page, so uh, the fact that the church allows us to post this broadcast on their page has been a tremendous blessing for us and has really helped us reach more people. So thank you to Pastor John Monk for allowing me to do that. And also, you know, I want to say thank you to Pastor Monk because, you know, he is such a, a great encouragement to me. Over the last couple of months, uh, I have been contemplating and debating whether or not we're going to continue on with the podcast. Got a lot of things going on right now, 
and it's been really difficult uh, at times to, uh, to to get on track and to get the studies done and to get the material ready and and to do this. So, uh, but he's been such an encouragement to me to keep it going and and stay the course. And I am so thankful to that. And uh, he's not just my pastor, you know, he's also my friend, and I am very thankful for his friendship. And he's been such a blessing to me since uh, since we have met. I also want to say thanks to the folks at uh, First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass for their support as well. And, you know, this is not a ministry of that church. We are not, uh, other than the fact that I'm a member of the church, this is not a ministry of that church. So uh, the the things that I'm talking about here, the things may not necessarily, you know, be in line with everything that our, our, our church teaches and preaches, but we're very close on everything. So, um, so again, thank you so much for, uh, for listening in and uh, through Facebook. But folks, wherever it is that you're listening, no matter what platform it is you're on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and, and the myriad other podcast platforms, be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, folks, uh, let's uh, head on down here into our announcements. All right, let's see. Okay, so don't forget, we have our Thursday night Bible study at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, live right here on Spreaker. And, of course, as always, the, uh, the live show gets uploaded as a podcast, oh, within about an hour after we finish on air. That gives us a chance to do all the post-production work on it. And, uh, and get it set for uh, the podcast. So uh, we've been going through uh, 2 Timothy. We started 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we actually finished 2 Timothy chapter 3 uh, last Thursday. Uh, this coming Thursday, we'll be getting into 2 Timothy chapter 4. And then uh, once we're done with 2 Timothy chapter 4, we're going to be getting into the book of Revelation, which, as I've told you already, I am super excited and I'm stoked to get into that book. Uh, I've been thinking about this, I've been planning on this, I've been studying for this for several weeks now, and uh, I really believe that it's going to be a great study. I think that uh, it's going to be a tremendous blessing to to everybody uh, that's going to be listening into it. Uh, it's been a blessing to myself as well. I mean, uh, first of all, the book of Revelation promises blessings to those that uh, that read and understand the book. So that's our goal, is to get those blessings, to to read and understand that book. The great thing about the book of Revelation is, is that it's not, it's really not hard to understand. When you actually sit down and read it, it's not hard to understand. What's hard about the book of Revelation is that it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. But every word of God is true. And every word of God is perfect. And we just have to trust by faith what that book says. So I hope you're looking forward to this study in Revelation as well, and we'll be getting to that in probably, I think, three weeks, maybe. We should be there. So it's exciting stuff. We are on great track. All right, folks, don't forget to head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and uh, on our homepage, we have a programming announcements subscription box, and all that is, it's a mailing list that you can put yourself on so that when we have any updates to the broadcast schedule, whether it's uh, a delay or it's going to be a cancellation for a day or two or however long, uh, or if we have any change in the programming, if you have any guests or anything like that scheduled to come on, we're going to send out an email announcement on it. 
And uh, and that's all it's going to be. We're not going to spam you. We're not going to send you a bunch of stuff that you're not interested in getting. It's strictly going to be the programming announcements. And if you're worried about your information getting out there and getting loaded with stuff from other places, we're not giving out anybody's information. We're not selling any information to anybody. Your contact info stays right here with me and nobody else gets it. All right, so head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Fill out that little uh, web form for the programming announcements, and uh, I'll see you on that list. And getting on that list is important because you need to stay in the know. All right, also on our website, you can visit the Sword Swag section of it. And uh, when you get over there, you're going to find some really, really good stuff. We have these great Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs that tradition is I have to take a slurp from it so you know. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So uh, what am I drinking today? This is, uh, this is some really good McDonald's coffee. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's good stuff. So uh, get yourself a Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug. Uh, this will set you back for a $25 donation or contribution. And you could also get yourself one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts, of which I am wearing, like I, I tell you. I try to wear it every single show that we do. Uh, but you can get one of these really nice black Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts for a donation of $35. And uh, we have it in male and female sizes and shapes and designs and all that wonderful stuff. So Sword Swag on our website. For uh, for information on it, just click the information button on that page. Send me your mailing information, and you could either send us your contribution via Cash App or uh, if you don't do Cash App, I'll, I can send you a link to uh, another platform that we could use in order for you to make your contribution so we can send it out to you. All right, and uh, let's see what else. Okay, uh, if you are interested in, po- in uh, prepping, uh, or if you are a prepper, I would like to invite you to check out the Contra Radio Network, www.crn.best. What is the Contra Radio Network? Well, it's a podcast and a vidcast for uh, for folks that are interested in prepping or who are preppers, and it addresses all of the major issues and concerns that folks might have regarding that. It's also a great platform for politics. Uh, I am a political junkie. I think you guys know that for the most part. Um, so uh, I like to listen to it for the political podcast that they have. Uh, it's a really, gr- really good stuff. And also, I've been listening to the Prepping and the Prepper uh, podcast as well, and I've learned so much about it. And it's something that I would encourage everybody to check out at least once or twice. So head out to crn.best www.crn.best and uh, and and check them out. They have really good programming, and we are also very thankful to be part of the Contra Radio Network family because you will find our show broadcast on that cha- on that network as well. So don't forget, check them out. Crn.best. All right. Well, we are at, we are at that point already, believe it or not, which is good because. We're trying to avoid two-hour broadcasts. So uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to take our first break of the uh, afternoon. And when we come back, we'll be getting into our prayer list. Now, just so you know, for those of you who are listening for the first time, uh, we do prayer requests on our two live shows every week. On Sunday, we kind of go through it a little bit longer. We take a little more time. We go line by line, name by name. And uh, and it, we also added several new uh, prayer requests to the list for today. 
So it might take us a little longer to get through it, but it's important to pray. We need to pray. You know, the Bible tells us that's something that we need to do, so we ought to do it. So we will uh, be taking our first break here, and when we come back, we'll be getting into those prayer requests. So if uh, you haven't already sent a prayer request, you can do so right now. You can do it by going to our website, com, clicking on that web form and sending it over, or email me directly at info at com. Or if you are logged into Spreaker, you have a Spreaker account, you can get into our chat group and you can post your prayer request there as well. And then when we come back from the break, we will have it included in our list. So uh, we'll be back very shortly. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers Sword of the Spirit podcast. And we'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! Amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, we are going to be getting into our uh, prayer requests uh, just in about a second. just want to pull it up. And um, so we had a little bit of a rough opening there. I, I missed a cue early on, which kind of threw me off. I don't know if you guys caught it or not, but yeah, it was not, not the smoothest of openings that we've done. But hey, that's okay. We're not perfect, and thank God that we're not perfect. All right, Uh, so getting into our prayer requests uh, for today. Uh, As usual, we start off with uh, those that are in need of salvation. And um, let's see, on our prayer list for salvation uh, for today, uh, we're praying for Diane, my mother, 
she's, uh, she's in need of salvation. We're going to pray for my sister, Laura. Uh, my granddaughter's back in New York City. Uh, we're praying for uh, David up in New York also. And we're praying for uh, my good friend and uh, my brother in Christ's father, Fairman, uh, who is uh, currently in the hospital. And he's also on our prayer list and our sick list side of it. Um, so uh, we're going to pray for them because, you know, salvation is the single most important decision that you're going to make in your lifetime because it has eternal consequences. If you get saved, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, if you ask him to save you, if you ask him to forgive you of your sins, if you ask him to, uh, to cleanse you, and he does, which he will, because he promises he would, well then, you're going to end up spending eternity in heaven. But if you don't, if you don't, and if you let this opportunity to go by, and if you should die today without Jesus Christ, you're going to open up your, you're going to close your eyes here and open up your eyes in, in hell, which is what we're going to be talking about in just a little bit when we get into the message. Hell is the worst place imaginable. It's the worst place imaginable. Hell was not meant for man. It was meant for the devil and his angels. But because of man's disobedience, man now, without Jesus Christ, without being saved, faces an eternity in hell. Please don't go to hell. Please don't do it. There are no parties in hell. I know a lot of folks talk about well, you know, I'm going to go to hell. I don't care because I'm going to be there with my friends. We're going to party. Yeah, no, you're not. You're not. There's no joy in hell. There's no parties in hell. The Bible is very clear on that. But we'll talk about that when we get into the message a little bit later on. But in the moment here, we're going to pray for my mom, Diane, my sister, Laura, uh, my granddaughters, David, up in New York City, and Fairman. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity to uh, pray on behalf of those that are lost and on their way to hell. Father, we pray for them. Father, we lift up my mom, Diane. We lift up my sister, Laura, my granddaughters, Carmela and Gabriella. We lift up David. We lift up Fairman. Father, we, we pray for them. Lord, they know the truth. They've heard the truth. They know what the scriptures say. My mom, my sister, they listen to this show. They've heard the gospel presentation. Father God, I pray that you would just take this time right now, Lord, to draw them to yourself, that, Lord, that you would save them. I pray that you would move them through the Holy Spirit to come to that point where they realize that there is nothing that they can do in themselves to get themselves into heaven. There is no good work that can get them into heaven. There is nothing good in them that can get them into heaven. The Bible says, for all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Truth, Lord. Absolute truth, Lord. We pray, Father, that you would just impress that upon each and every one on our prayer list for salvation, Lord and that you would save them, and you would save them today, right now, right this moment. And we would thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
All right, uh, heading down the uh, prayer list here, uh, our sick list. Uh, first of all, uh, we always start off with uh, Pastor Martin. Now, Pastor Martin is my pastor's pastor. He's also uh, a good friend to me. And uh, Pastor Martin is 89 years old. Uh, he has served as a, as a pastor and a preacher for, um, I think, over 50 years. And uh, you know, now in his advanced years, you know, he has a number of health concerns that we've been praying about. But one of the great things about Pastor Martin is that he is such an, an incredible encouragement to me because at his advanced age, with all the ailments that he has, Pastor Martin still goes out once a week and street preaches, 89 years old. 89 years old. And Pastor Martin has a heart condition that they're trying to determine the course of action to take. Uh, he has uh, very poor vision. Uh, Pastor Martin reads his Bible every single day, 10 chapters. 10 chapters. And he has to use one of those big, high-powered uh, magnifying lenses so he can see the text on the page. But every day, he reads 10 chapters, and it takes him all day to do it. Praise the Lord for that. God bless him for that. I would to God that we were all that committed and dedicated to studying the Word of God, to having fellowship with God, to serve the Lord. Shame on us if we're not anywhere near that. Shame on us. Myself included, folks. Myself included. So we want to pray for Pastor Martin for his heart condition. We want to pray for his eyesight. We want to pray for uh, his blood pressure. Uh, and his eczema, uh, the weakness that he's been experiencing lately, and and, uh, and also for all the medications that he's on, that um, that his body will be able to adjust to it, and uh, and it would be beneficial to him. And we're also going to pray that the Lord will will just touch him and bring healing. We're also praying for Mary Perez, uh, who is uh, fighting cancer. We're praying for Diane, my mother. Uh, my mom has COPD. Uh, and uh, she's uh, connected to an oxygen tank 24-7, and uh, it's draining, it's, it's difficult. I, I talk to her, and I, and I hear it in, in her, and, you know, uh, it's not an easy thing to have to go through. So uh, we want to pray for my mom. We're also praying for my sister, Laura, uh, she was, who has a slipped disc in her back, and so we're going to pray for her. And uh, I'm not sure if uh, she received her MRI results, so uh, if Laura is listening, if you would just send me a text, let me know. Uh, if you've gotten the res results and um, and what the outcome is. Uh, we're also praying for Bernice. Now, Bernice is a member of our church, and uh, Bernice has been fighting cancer for or quite some time now. And uh, so we want to pray for her. We want to pray for the treatments that she's going through. We're praying that the Lord will touch her and bring healing. And uh, one of the great things about Sister Bernice, though, is that despite what she's been going through, despite the, 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 the difficulties she's been having with her cancer and the treatments and and everything that goes with it, and raising children, and and you know, uh, and and taking care of her husband, and you know, she comes to church every week. She always has a smile on her face, you know, and and she in su she is in such good spirits, at least publicly, and she's a real blessing to us at the church. So, uh, so we want to pray for uh, Sister Bernice, and uh, we're also praying for Alan. Uh, Alan had. Uh, 
uh, prostate cancer surgery on January 17th. And so uh, he's recovering from that. And so far, it seems like everything's going well. And so we're thankful for that. We're also praying for Janae, who has a heart condition. Uh, we're praying for Fairman, who is in the hospital. And, and uh, that's, this is uh, Brother Alex's dad. And uh, Fairman has cancer, and, and he's been battling and, and struggling with that. And uh, in addition to the cancer, he's uh, recovering from a fractured vertebrae in, uh, in L2 uh, due to a tumor related to the cancer. So we're praying for Brother, Fer- for, um, Brother Alex's father, Furman. Uh, we're praying also for Sharon Baldino, uh, who is uh, fighting with cancer. Uh, Martin Mata uh, has lymphoma, and we're praying for him. Uh, we're praying for Angel, who is, uh, who's pregnant, and she's not feeling very well. She's a, she's a member of our church. Uh, we're praying for, uh, for Amy. Amy is, uh, is, is waiting for some test results to come back from the doctors, so we're, we're, we're waiting for those, and we're praying for good results. And we're also praying for Gabby. Uh, who we were told today is not feeling well either. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for these on our sick list. Our Heavenly Father, Father, we want to thank you so much that you are the great physician. Father, we thank you that uh, just just a word, Lord, just a touch of your hand can bring healing, can bring comfort, can bring peace. Father, we pray for Pastor Martin today. We, we lift him up to you. Lord, we ask you to, to touch his body Lord, uh, bring him some comfort, bring some healing, Lord, to his heart condition, to his blood pressure. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would help to improve his vision uh, so that he continue to read and study his Bible. Father, we pray that uh, you continue to give him the strength that he needs to go out and street preach once a week. And Father, we just lift him up to you, and we'll, we'll just ask you just to touch him, Lord, and give him grace and show some mercy, Lord, and we'll thank you for it. Father, we pray for Mary Perez, who's uh, battling cancer. We lift her up to you. Lord, we ask you to touch her body and bring healing. Father, we pray for Diane, my mother. Lord, we pray that uh, you would just touch her as well and help her deal with the COPD. And uh, Lord, that you would uh, uh, just increase her lung strength that she might not need to be uh, connected to the oxygen uh, all day long, all night long. Father, we pray for my sister, Laura, for the slip disc in her back. Lord, we pray that you would just bring healing there as well. And, Lord, that we're praying for some good MRI results, and we'll, we'll be thankful for that. And uh, just checking to see if there was any message or updates from my sister, but not yet. Uh, we're also praying for Bernice. Uh, Lord, we're praying for, uh, for you to just, to just to touch her, Lord, give her grace uh, as she's uh, continuing to fight cancer. Uh, with the uh, with the different treatments that she's going through, Lord, we pray that you would uh, you would just be with her, Lord, give her grace as uh, she adjusts to all these different treatments. As uh, Lord, we just pray that they also wouldn't have such uh, such uh, difficult side effects as well. Father, we thank you that uh, Alan's surgery went well, and Lord, we we pray that you would continue to to help him heal uh, through this recovery process. And Lord, we pray that as he heals that no long-term effects from the surgery would be obvious. Lord, we also pray for Janae uh, for the uh, heart condition that uh, she has been struggling with, and we pray, Lord, that you would give her peace. Father, we pray for Fairman, who's in the hospital with cancer. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would just touch him. Lord, you would give him comfort, and, and Lord, you would help uh, uh, Brother Alex in his uh, care of his dad. Father, we pray for Sharon Baldino with cancer. Uh, we pray that you would bring healing there as well. And Lord, you would give her strength and, and the grace that she needs as she's going through this. We're praying for uh, Martin Mata as he's, go, as he's going through this struggle with lymphoma. 
Lord, we just pray that you would just touch his body and bring healing there as well. And Lord, I don't know if he's saved. Uh, if he's not, Lord, we pray that you would just save him through this all. Father, we're praying for Angel for her pregnancy, and uh, Lord, that uh, she's not feeling well today. We lift her up to you. We ask you just to touch her as well and just bring her comfort as she recovers. Uh, we're praying for Amy, and we're praying for the test results that Amy's waiting for. We pray, Lord, that uh, they'll come back uh, without any problems, and uh, Lord, that, uh, that you would just uh, give her strength and give her grace as uh, she endures this. And we're also going to be praying for Gabby, who is uh, not feeling well today. Lord, we just pray that you would give her strength. And we'll thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, moving on down the prayer list, uh, we're going to be praying for uh, for Jude, who's my brother-in-law, and his business up there in New York City. Now, folks, if you are in New York City and you're looking for a good contractor, uh, would you let me know, and I'll put you in contact with Jude. He does really good work, and I'm not just saying that because he's my brother-in-law. He really does. I've seen his work, and it's great. So uh, if you are looking for anything like that in the New York City area, you can just reach out to me, and I'll put you guys in contact. Uh, We're also praying for Robert C. Robert is a uh, National Guardsman serving on the border here at Eagle Pass. And uh, he's been coming to our church since he's been deployed out here. And, uh, you know, uh, he's come to us a few times with with folks that he's been witnessing to. And so we just want to pray for him, pray for his safety. Uh, pray that he'll be able to get back home to his family soon uh, and pray for his witness to uh, his colleagues. Uh, at the same time, we also want to pray for all the Border Patrol agents, National Guard, and law enforcement that are working uh, in and around the border here at Eagle Pass and elsewhere, that, uh, that the Lord would keep them safe and protect them uh, as they do the jobs that they've been called to do. Uh, we also want to pray for our local, state, and federally elected officials and uh, that um, that that the Lord would give them wisdom as they make the decisions that uh, affect each and every one of us every single day. Uh, Isabella is, uh, uh, we're praying for Isabella for her walk with the Lord. Jessica also for her walk with the Lord. We're praying for Alex Herrera for uh, his job and financial situation and caring for his dad. Uh, We're praying for the Purcell family that will be traveling uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, We pray that the Lord will give them a safe trip and safe passage back and forth. We're praying for Jerry and Rebecca, uh, who are in a Border Patrol training program in New Mexico. And we're going to round this list out with praying for Brother Alex, who will be preaching his first message tonight at our evening service at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. So again, if you're in the area and you want to check it out, uh, that would be at 6 p.m. this evening at 664 North Monroe. So we're going to pray for Brother Alex, that the Lord will give him comfort, that he'll give him peace, and uh, give him the words to speak tonight, and that he would preach with the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for answered prayer. We want to thank you, Lord, that we can come to you in prayer. We want to thank you, Father God, that uh, we can approach the throne of grace boldly because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, today we want to pray for Jude, my brother-in-law, for his business as a contractor up in New York City. We're praying for Robert, Uh, National Guardsmen serving on the border. We're praying also for all the Border Patrol, National Guard, and law enforcement officers working on the border here in Eagle Pass and elsewhere. Uh, We're lifting up the local, state, and federal elected officials, uh, those that we have put into the state house, into the federal house, to to represent us. And um, we pray that you would just give them wisdom and raise up folks with wisdom around them to help them make the decisions that affect each and every one of us every single day. 
We're also praying for Isabella this morning, uh, this evening, uh, Lord, for her walk. We're praying also for Jessica, for her walk with the Lord. We're praying for Brother Alex Herrera, Lord, that you would open up an opportunity for him for a, for a job that uh, will help meet his financial obligations, especially in caring for his dad. We're praying today, Lord, for the Purcell family. As they'll be, they'll be traveling, Lord, we pray that you would just uh, protect them as they go back and forth, and Lord, that you would use them in a mighty way uh, to further the gospel. Father, we're praying for Jerry and Rebecca in their Border Patrol training program in New Mexico. Father, we pray that you would keep them safe, and Lord, that uh, they would be successful in the program that they're in. And then, of course, Father, we want to pray for Brother Alex uh, as he's preaching his very first message tonight before the church. And I know he's nervous. I know he's excited about it. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that you gave me yesterday to talk to him a little bit about his message and to try to help him a little bit as he develops it. Father, we just want to thank you so much for all that you do for us. And uh, Lord, we commit these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And then, of course, we want to uh, just uh, mention the unspoken prayer request. Now, an unspoken prayer request is something that uh, perhaps uh, you can't just find the right words to describe your need, uh, or it's something that's just uh, so deeply personal to you that you need the prayer for it, but you just can't speak specifically about the situation that you're in. And uh, on our uh, unspoken prayer list, we're going to be praying today for Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, we're going to be praying for Mike Elizalde. We're praying for, uh, for Brother Alex, uh, who mentioned an unspoken prayer request today at church. Uh, we're also going to pray for uh, Tiante, who uh, I had the privilege of speaking to on Friday uh, for nearly two hours, which was a real blessing. It really was. And, and uh, you know, she had confided a few things in me, and uh, so I've added her to our unspoken prayer list so that we can pray about those things. And then also uh, unspoken prayer for myself. And uh, so we want to thank you for, uh, for all of your prayers. Now, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, again for, uh, for answering prayer, Lord, whether it's yes, no, or not now. Father God, we just thank you so much that you hear us. We thank you that you answer us. And Lord, we pray for those unspoken uh, prayers of our hearts. We, we think of Eduardo Rodriguez, Mike Elizalde, Tiante, Alex, and myself, Lord, uh, as uh, we have these burdens on our heart, Lord, that only you could have, you can only, only you can handle, and only you can help. So, Father, we just ask that you would just answer these prayers, whether they're unspoken's or they're just our general prayer list, or our, our, those on our sick list, and those that are in need of salvation. Lord, we pray that you would answer them according to your perfect will for us and for our lives and for your glory and for your honor. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll bless you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, folks. Now, if you have any questions uh, or prayer requests, rather, that you'd like to get us um, get to us, feel free to head over to our website, sortofthespiritpodcast.com. And you can fill out the web form or you can email it to us directly at info at com, Or if you're in the chat group on Spreaker, you could uh, throw it up in there and uh, we will be sure to get it and add it to our list. All right. So uh, we don't have a, a missionary to support right now because uh, we've already covered that for the month of January. Uh, next month, the second Sunday of the month is our missionary Sunday and we'll be highlighting another missionary family uh, that is serving either here or abroad, and uh, we'll bring that to you in just a couple of weeks. Uh, no listener questions for today. 
Uh, but we do have a birthday that we're going to celebrate today. Uh, even though the birthday is not today, the birthday is tomorrow. Uh, but since we don't have a show tomorrow, uh, we're going to do it today. So uh, one of our listeners, Ashley Barlow, has contacted us and let us know that uh, her birthday is coming up. So Ashley, from all of us here at the Sword of the Spirit podcast and the Sword of the Spirit podcast family, we want to wish you a very, very happy birthday and God bless you. Well, Ashley, again, happy birthday on behalf of the Sword of the, Sp- the Sword of the Spirit podcast and the Sword of the Spirit podcast family. God bless you, and uh, keep listening, and I pray that uh, the Lord will be a great blessing to you in the years ahead. All right, folks, uh, so we are at that point for break number two, and uh, we're going to take this short break, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible if you don't already have it. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a bottle of water, and then when we come back, we're going to be getting into today's message, a very important message, one I really don't want you to miss, on the subject of hell, is there a hell, and what's it like? So, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We'll be right back. Don't forget, like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Jump into that chat group. And we'll see you right after this break. Be right back. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day. Um 
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, and welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruciello, and uh, we're going to get started in just a second. I just want to say that uh, the song I played right before that, Be Thou My Vision, probably one of my favorite, favorite hymns ever. And uh, it's, it's something that really ministers to my heart anytime I hear it. So uh, I know I've, I've played it many times, not that particular version of it, but any version that I find of Be Thou My Vision, as long as it's not like contemporary Christian music, with that junk just doesn't do anything for me. Um, but a traditionally arranged hymn or like the a cappella version that we just heard, uh, just really ministers to my heart and my soul, and it's a real blessing for me, and I hope it's a blessing for you as well. Uh, but if you have any requests or any kind of song or anything like you want to hear, you can always email me, info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And for those of you that listen on a regular basis, uh, when you hear that little piece about the King James Bible, you know exactly what that means. That means it's time to open up our Bibles and get down to our study and to our message uh, for the day. So folks, if you would, take your Bible and open up to the book of Revelation, chapter 20. Revelation, chapter 20. And we're going to begin in verse number 11. Now folks, this is a heavy subject. All right, and you know that we try to have some fun when we do our messages. We try to have some fun when we do our Bible studies. We try to laugh a little bit, crack some jokes and whatnot. But uh, I, I don't find a lot of humor in a subject as heavy and as serious as the subject of hell. Is there a hell? Where is hell? Who is in hell? How do you get out of hell? So uh, it's just a very serious subject. So it might be a little bit of a downer, but that's okay. It's important. We need to understand these things. All right, Revelation chapter 20, and we're going to begin in verse 11. 
And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless the reading, the teaching, and the preaching of your holy word. We ask you, Father, that you would minister to our hearts the truth of hell. And Father, I pray that if there is any under the sound of my voice today that's destined for hell, that Lord, that you would intervene, that you would show them the truth through your word, and that Father, that you would minister to their hearts, that you would draw them to yourself, and that through this lesson, Lord, they might be saved. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there are a lot of denominations and many and various denominations that teach that there is no hell. But folks, this is not what the Bible says. Now, even though this is a simple message in a lot of ways, there's really nothing profound in it. I believe that all of us need to have a continual and a, um, a resurrecting awareness of hell whether we're saved or we're lost. If we're saved, we need to be reminded of the horrors of hell so that you know, we might be a little more conscious of rescuing those that are on their way to hell. Now, on the other hand, if you're listening today and you're not certain whether you're going to heaven or hell, my friend, you really need to know about hell. You need to know exactly what the Bible teaches on that subject. And just to show you that we're not negative around here all the time, <laughs> just to show you that we're not hard to get along with, Lord willing, next week I'm going to preach on heaven. The message on heaven will be pretty much the same. We're going to discuss where it is, some of the physical characteristics of it, and of course, most importantly, how do you get there? but you're going to have to go through hell to get to it, okay? Now, the subject of hell is really not a pleasant one. It's not a popular one. You know, heaven is a much more pleasant subject, but heaven is only half of eternity. There is a hell. Now, there have been many, many articles and a lot of different personalities that have appeared on, you know, various talk shows and books and you know, various um, media presentations that have been dedicated to the idea of life after death. And, of course, if you've noticed, the vast majority of the information has dwelt on the idea of heaven. Very few have spoken about a hell. Now, you should know this about us here at the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We don't base our theology on what anyone says as far as what they've experienced. We do not base our doctrine on what a thousand patients may have expressed in their deathbed experiences. Uh, 
because you can always find someone uh, who's experienced something or at least says that they have. What we do is we base our doctrine and our theology on what the Bible says. We base it on what the Bible teaches. And what does the Bible teach? Now, today I thought it would be interesting if we examine just for a little bit from the Word of God what the Bible actually teaches about a real hell. Folks, there is a hell. The Bible teaches that, and of course, the Bible is our sole and final authority. So let's just take a look at a few passages of Scripture this afternoon, and, uh, and we're going to take a look at these passages that teach that there is a hell. So let's get started by taking our Bible, and would you turn with me over to the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms, and head over to Psalm 9. Psalm 9. And we're going to look at some verses, and then we're going to make some applications. All right? Psalm 9. Let me just grab a sip of water here. Psalm 9, and we're going to get to uh, verse 17. All right, Psalm 9, verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Now, I want you to notice that, that God's Holy Spirit preserved the word hell. He didn't say grave. He didn't say Sheol. He didn't say Hades. What he said was, hell, the wicked shall be turned into hell. Daniel chapter 12. Head over to Daniel chapter 12. You have to go through the major prophets there. You know, you have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then you'll find Daniel. Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. Now, here in Daniel chapter 12 and uh, verse 2. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, hell is being described in some detail here. Now, Daniel, in a, in a prophetic sense, is talking about the last times, and he says this, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So hell is a place of shame and contempt. Not content contempt. Jesus had something to say about the subject, too. Turn with me over to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Now, of course, Jesus had a great deal to say about the subject. All right. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 46. Matthew 25, verse 46. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life, life eternal. So hell is a place of everlasting punishment. It's a place of everlasting shame and contempt, and it's a, it's a place where the wicked shall be turned into. Then back to our other text, our original text, where we started, Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now some people will say, you know the Bible speaks symbolically. And there, there is actually a religious denomination that walks around you know, and knocks on people's doors and they hand out these magazines called Watchtower. Uh, unfortunately, their name escapes me at the moment. But they'll come around and they'll knock on the door and they'll hand you their magazine and they're going to tell you that there is no hell. They'll tell you that 
a real burning hell is a figment of someone's imagination. They're going to tell you that it should really be the grave. Well, I've never figured out why God would describe a grave as a lake of fire. I've never figured out why God would describe a grave as a place of everlasting shame and contempt. I've really never figured out why God would describe a grave as everlasting punishment. Now, I've never figured any of that stuff out. And that makes me seriously doubt their doctrine. The Bible teaches that there's a hell and there's a real burning hell. Jesus taught that there was a hell. In Luke chapter 16, and we're going to look into that story in some detail in a little bit, but uh, very quickly, in Luke chapter 16, Jesus told a story about a rich man who went to hell. Now, some folks say it was only a parable, but it wasn't just a parable. And how do you know it wasn't just a parable? Because Jesus even gave us names. He said there was a certain rich man, and then there was a beggar named Lazarus. And then he gave all the names and all the details. And Jesus gave considerable detail about what that rich man experienced while he was in hell. And it's sad to say, but that man is still in hell today, at this very moment, burning, suffering, and enduring everlasting punishment. Now, Jesus gave some of the physical characteristics of hell. Take your Bible and turn over to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Now in Mark chapter 9, and we're going to look at verse 43. Mark chapter 9, verse 43. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Now I want you to notice that Jesus Christ says repeatedly in this passage of Scripture, where the fire is never quenched, and the worm dieth not. Now you know over the years, and I'm sure this happens to all of us once in a while, but you know I meet people, and then they find out that I'm saved, and uh, that I'm a Bible-believing, born-again, by the blood of Jesus Christ, Christian, you know, one of the questions that I get asked is this. Do you really believe all of that fire and brimstone stuff? And I would say, if you mean, do I believe in hell? Yes. If you mean, do I believe that people are going to a literal, burning, consuming, everlasting contempt and shame hell? If that's what you mean, then yes, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Jesus taught us there's a hell. Even human logic, if you stop and think about it, even human logic tells us that there must be a hell. 
Human laws demand that justice be meted out for those who break those laws and disobey and disregard those laws. You know, we do have prisons in this country, do we not? We do have jails. And we do have those similar types of institutions for lawbreakers, don't we? Can you imagine the condition of this country or what this country would be if we turned every criminal that's locked up in this nation loose in the streets tomorrow morning? Every murderer, drug dealer, and, and, and rapist, and every thief and every crook, if we just turned every single one of them loose? I mean, good night. You wouldn't dare go out of your house, would you? Even human logic says there must be a place where punishment is given out. Well, then you have people that say, but God is too good to send anyone to hell. I mean, that's hurt all the time. God is good because God loves all men, but his love does not cover a sinner from God's justice. Look in John chapter 3 with me for a moment. John chapter 3. We're going to look at a very famous and a very familiar verse. John chapter 3, verse 16. But we're going to read beyond that also, okay? John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now listen, okay? Listen. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So in other words, God has provided for you an avenue of escape. God has very clearly told you that Jesus Christ died in your place and he assumed upon himself the penalty of sin and he took upon himself the wrath of God and he took your punishment. And therefore, if you believe in him, if you put your full faith, trust, and confidence in him, you don't have to go to hell. And my friend, if you choose to do otherwise, it is absolutely not God's fault. You cannot blame God if you go to hell when God provided a way for you to go to heaven. Look in John chapter 3 and verse 36. John chapter 3 and verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Man, if you want a real study sometime, take your concordance, take your Bible, and look up that word wrath every time it appears in the Word of God. And I guarantee that you'll discover one thing, that when God says wrath, he means wrath. Do you know what wrath means in Greek? Do you know what wrath means in the original language? It means bad news. That's what it, it means, bad news, because wrath doesn't mean grave. Wrath doesn't mean floating around on some mythical cloud. Wrath means exactly what God says when he says hell is a place of everlasting punishment, contempt, and shame. Now, where is hell? If there's a real hell, where is it? Well, you know, the Bible has a lot of information about that. So let's take a look at some of those verses. 
Let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. You know, it's always wrong to build doctrine on one verse of Scripture because you might not have the accurate perception or the context of that Scripture. So what you do is you look up a lot of Scripture, and as they continue to reinforce one another and they're all suggesting the same thing, you can pretty well be sure that that's exactly what God is telling you. Now, we're going to see several verses of Scripture describing the geographical location of hell. And in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 15, God here is speaking to Satan in this particular passage. Isaiah 14 and verse 15, God says, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. So another name for hell you'll find in Revelation, Revelation chapter 9 is a pit. And notice here that the word down is used. God tells Satan, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell the sides of the pit. Now take your Bible and go to Psalm 55. Psalm 55. Just back up a little bit in your Bible to the, to the book of Psalms. Go to Psalm 55 and verse 15. Psalm 55, verse 15. Let death seize upon them, and let them go down quick into hell, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. The psalmist said, hell is down. Isaiah said, hell is down. And Ezekiel says the same thing. We're not going to look it up, but, but write this down. Ezekiel 32 and verse 27 says, hell is down. Amos in uh, chapter 9, verse 2 says, hell is a place to dig to, though they dig into hell. Job 11 talks about hell as the deep. Psalm 86 talks about hell as low. So Proverbs 15 talks about hell as beneath. And an interesting word is used in Ezekiel 31. Turn with me over there, Ezekiel 31, and let's look at verse 16. Ezekiel 31 and verse 16. I made the nations to shake at the sound of his fall when I cast him down to hell with them that descend into the pit and all the trees of Eden, the choice and best of Lebanon, all that drink water shall be comforted in the nether parts of the earth. They also went down into hell with him unto them that be slain with the sword and they that were his arm that dwelt under his shadow in the midst of the heathen. So God here talks about the nether parts of the earth. Now, I really didn't know for sure what that word meant. So what I did, and I highly recommend you doing this. If you don't already have it, you've probably, if you've listened any length of time with us, you've heard me mention this before. Get yourselves an 1860 Webster's Dictionary. I mean, if you really want to get the meaning of an old English word, don't go rushing off to the Greek. Don't go rushing off to the Hebrew. Just go look in an old English dictionary. I looked up the word nether, and the first thing they did was list several scriptures where it's used. Now, folks, you won't find that in a modern dictionary today. Trust me. But you know what Mr. Webster said? Basically, what I already surmised just by the context, he said it's a word of comparison and should always be used in a comparative sense. Okay, so it's a word of comparison, and it's suggesting the lowest. 
You know, the Bible talks about the lowest hell. Now, science tells us that the whole center of the earth is a flaming inferno. The Bible teaches us that hell is in the center of the earth. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now that's what Jesus said. He suggested that during the time that his body was in the grave, his soul would actually descend to the heart of the earth. Now Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 10 tells us that his soul was to be made an offering for sin. The Bible also teaches us that he preached to the spirits in prison. Now, during the time that when Jesus' body for three days and three nights lay in the grave, Jesus' soul actually descended into hell. And you can find that by comparing Scripture with Scripture. And we're not going to look them all up, but uh, Ephesians chapter 4, Psalm 16, Acts chapter 2, Isaiah 53, all of those Scriptures suggest that very same thing. And so Jesus literally literally went to hell for your sin and mine when his soul was made an offering. And Jesus described that geographical location of that place as the center of the earth. All right, well, what about the inhabitants of hell? Who is in hell? Now, if hell is in the center of the earth, and it is because the Bible said so, not with the, not, and not that we need their confirmation, and we certainly don't, but it's interesting that this is confirmed by scientists as far as they say the center of the earth is a flaming inferno. Now, who lives there? Is hell real? And if hell is real, what's in hell? Well, take your Bible and turn with me over to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. And in verse 19, Jesus told this story. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell... He lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now get the picture. The Bible teaches us that at the time that Jesus told this story, the center of the earth was divided into two compartments. One side was called hell. It was a place of burning and torment and everlasting shame and contempt. The other side is a place that's referred to here as Abraham's bosom. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it's referred to as paradise. Now, Old Testament saints who died couldn't go directly to heaven. And the reason they couldn't go directly to heaven was because Jesus had not yet shed his blood. Now, as you examine the Old Testament, you're going to find that there was a prerequisite that was laid out that blood needed to be shed before you could enter into the presence of God. 
And that type was then that was found in type in the Old Testament Old, Old Testament tabernacle. God told Moses to set it up that way. God told Moses that he wanted him to set up a tabernacle and he said, "On the brazen altar, I want you to slay an innocent lamb and I want you to take the blood." Now the lamb has been slain, the lamb has been slain, the blood has been collected, and I want the high priest on an annual occasion to go into the holy of holies in that tabernacle and take the blood and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. Okay, so now the mercy seat was a lid that covered what was called the Ark of the Covenant. Now, do you know what the Ark of the Covenant is? I hope you do. It's that this that box that Indiana Jones went looking for. Do you remember? Okay. The Ark of the Covenant was basically it was just a large wooden box and was overlaid with pure gold. The mercy seat was made out of pure beaten gold, and on each side was a cherubim that was carved and looked inward and downward on the mercy seat. And inside the ark were the Ten Commandments on stone tablets written by the finger of God and delivered to the hands of Moses. And God would look over the banister of heaven and look upon Israel, and what would he see? Well, certainly he could reflect on those Ten Commandments. You know, God has x-ray vision. A mercy seat of pure beaten gold doesn't stop God's x-ray vision. He could look right through it. God looks upon those Ten Commandments, and what does he see? Well, he sees, thou shalt not lie. And then he looks around that tabernacle and that camp of Israel, 360 degrees, and the entire circumference thereof. And you know what he sees? Do you know what he sees? He sees, he sees about two million liars. That's what he sees. Then God said, thou shalt not kill. I mean, certainly there weren't that many murderers there. But if you look in the book of Matthew, Jesus said that you're a murderer if you ever hated anybody. So God looks around 360 degrees, and what does he see? He sees about two million murderers. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I mean, surely there weren't that many adulterers. Well, once again, Jesus said to look upon a woman to lust after her is to commit adultery with her already. God looked around and saw hundreds of thousands of adulterers. And this is the one that got them all. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not covet. That means to want something that doesn't belong to you. That means, you know, you're driving down the road in your old beat-up car and someone drives by you in that brand-new 2023 Porsche and you say, man, I wish I had that car. Well, that one got every one of them. God looked around and you know what he saw? He went down every commandment, every single one of them. Thou shalt keep the Sabbath day holy. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Every single one of them broken hundreds of thousands and millions of times. Now, he is a holy God. He is a righteous God. Certainly God in his deity, his righteousness, divinity, would have every right with one stroke of his hand to annihilate all those people below. And yet, God sent the high priest to take the blood in. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. He told the high priest to sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. It's the blood that stops God's x-ray vision. God can look in on your soul, and you know what he sees? He sees a liar, an adulterer, a coveter, a thief, a crook, and a robber.
And do you know why I know that? Do you know why I know that? Not because I know you. Because I know what the Bible says. And the Bible says that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Bible says that the imaginations of man are continually evil. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why you need an application of the blood on your soul. That's why you need to be cleansed by the blood. That's why we sing, you know, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know, we don't sing, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the water in the baptistry. Because it's not true. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, Jesus had not yet died, and therefore all of those sacrifices made annually were only a temporary sacrifice. And then the book of Hebrews tells you that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away your sins. Therefore, those people, those people could not ascend into heaven because, as you read the book of Revelation, you'll find out that there's also a temple and a mercy seat in heaven, and the blood hadn't yet been applied. When Jesus, God's Son, the perfect Lamb, it was John, remember? It was John who said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood, he went to the grave. His soul plummeted into hell. He ascended. Mary saw him first at the gravesite, and he said, Don't touch me. I have not yet ascended to the Father. In a few moments, he ascended heavenward. And do you know what he did when he got there? Bless God, he applied the blood as our high priest on the mercy seat. Then do you know what happened? All of those Old Testament saints that were in captivity, theirs were the souls in captivity that Jesus preached to in those three days. And man, I wonder what he said. I would love to hear what he said. I'm pretty sure, though, he said something like, boys, you're almost home. And that's good news, isn't it? You're almost home. You're almost home. Jesus applied the blood, and you know what happened to paradise? Abraham's bosom? It was vacated. It was emptied. And that's why the Bible says that hell hath enlarged itself. More and more people are resisting Jesus Christ and resisting the message and plummeting into hell, and hell is going to expand itself. It's going to double its capacity. Lost souls are in hell. Lazarus was in paradise. The rich man was in hell, and it was a great gulf that was fixed between them. And a conversation is going on between these two. Let's pick it up in verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Now, I want you to notice something here, okay? I want you to notice some things about that man in hell. I want you to notice what that man experienced. It was a place of consciousness. It was a place of consciousness. He could see, but the Bible says that he lifted up his eyes. He could speak because he cried out to Abraham. He could hear because he was expecting an answer from Abraham. He could feel because he looked for water for his lips. He certainly could smell. 
If all the other senses were present, and I am certain that his nostrils were filled with that flaming sulfuric smoke that burned and burned and burned, and you say, I thought his body was in the grave. It was. It was. His body was in the grave. His soul plummeted to hell. And if you study your Bible, you'll find out your soul has a bodily shape. As a matter of fact, you know, the psalmist said, quicken thou me according to thy word. And he said that in reference to the fact that my soul cleaveth to the dust. And that means that his soul stuck to his body. That word cleaveth means stuck to. That's his soul stuck to his body. That his soul had a bodily shape. Now over in the book of Revelation, John said that he was looking heavenward. And he he said, I see the souls of those who were beheaded for Jesus under the altar of God. He knew them. He could recognize them. He could identify them. Folks, your soul is shaped like you. It's like an inner tube inside of a tire. I've read some interesting things and interesting articles and and newspaper reports over the years about people who who have had their limbs amputated. I've read about people who have had legs amputated, and and even though the leg is gone, every now and then they get a feeling in their toes that aren't there. And no no one can really explain it. I've read about folks that have had an, an arm amputated. You know, it's not there, but yet they can still feel something in their fingers. Do you know why that is? Well, the flesh may be gone, but there are still fingers out there. You just can't see them. Folks, there are two worlds. There's the natural world and there's the supernatural world. If you could see what's right over there right now, it might scare the life out of you. Well, hopefully it would scare the hell out of you and you'd get saved. Hell is a place of consciousness. This man could reason. He sought compassion for his five brothers. He found out that hell was a losing proposition. To live without God for the pleasures of this world, its riches and gain was wrong, but it was too late. He found out that he could remember. There's going to be memory in eternity. And I believe, I truly believe that the most vivid memory that men will have in hell will be the memory of all the opportunities where they could have received Jesus Christ and didn't. But what about the other inhabitants of hell? Well, there are lost souls there for sure, but did you know that hell is a place of demonic creatures? As I alluded to earlier, you know, hell was not in its origin prepared for humans. But God had to send people there who rejected him and rejected his love and his word. Hell was a place that was prepared for the devil and his angels. Therefore, it's a place that's inhabited by weird, grotesque, demonic creatures. Take your Bible and look with me over in Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9. We're going to cover this one, then we're going to take our last break, then come back and wrap it all up, wrap it all up for today. Uh, Revelation chapter 9. I mean, this is exciting. It's frightening, but exciting. Revelation chapter 9 and verse 1. 
And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Now, there's something you need to pay attention to. A star is not always a star, as you might think of a star. You know, people criticize the Bible and then turn around and use the same terminology in their everyday life, right? Well, if God didn't mean a star like in twinkle, twinkle, little star, why didn't he just say so? You know, you use it all the time. You say uh, George Clooney is a star, right? Isn't that right? I think he's kind of dull myself, but, you know. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, and the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. So you see, they're coming upon the earth. They were in the earth, but now they're coming out. And unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. Now, the scorpion has power to sting you and hurt you, but not kill you normally under normal circumstances. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have, the, which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. So this is during the great tribulation. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they sh- that they should be tormented five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. Now get this, get this. Here's what they look like, these weird, grotesque, demonic creatures. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. So they're big, they're big. A war horse is a thundering animal. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were the faces of men, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions, and they had breastplates, as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots, of many horses running to battle, and they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months." Now, you know, over the years, the American public has spent millions and millions of dollars to go to movie theaters to see Revelation chapter 9 in one form or another portrayed for them on the movie screen. Folks, honestly, it's a waste of money because all you could have done is open up your Bible and read it. You know, how many movies have been dedicated to the proposition of a crack opening up in the earth and some weird creature crawling out and tormenting men? I mean, where'd they ever get that idea from, right? You know, folks, I was reading something somewhere. There's only 33 plots that Hollywood ever came up with. There aren't any more than that. That's all there are. And every one of them came out of a Bible. Demonic creatures are the inhabitants of hell. Uh, Take your Bible and look at Isaiah 34. Isaiah 34. Isaiah 34 is another picture of hell. Now, we don't have time to go through all of it, but you'll see it's a description of the lake of fire uh, in verse 9. Isaiah 34, verse 9. And the streams thereof shall be turned into pitch, and the dust thereof into brimstone, and the land thereof shall become burning pitch. It shall not be quenched night or day. The smoke thereof shall go up forever. From generation to generation shall lie waste. None shall pass through it forever and ever. Okay, there it is. There's hell. There's hell. Now, we really don't have time to get into all this, but uh, this is a different kind of hell. 
Okay, it's a different kind of hell. There's going to be a hell on earth, not in the center of the earth during the millennium. And when Jesus said, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you, and talked about having people cast into the lake of fire, people are going to actually be cast into the lake of fire on the earth in the land of Edom in a burning hell, and that's the description of it. Now chew on that for a little while, and then you'll get it. All right, but anyway, it's a hell, and, and it's a description of it. Isaiah 34 and verse 13, And thorns shall come up in her palaces, nettles and brambles in the fortress thereof, and it shall be an habitation of dragons and a court for owls. The wild beasts of the desert shall also meet with the wild beasts of the island, and the satyr shall cry to his fellow. The screech owl also shall rest there and find for herself a place of rest. Dragons, wild beasts, and satyrs are mentioned in this lake of fire, this hell. Now, what's a satyr? A satyr is a demonic type of creature. That's, it's, it's half man, it's half goat. And this demonic creature turned up centuries later in Greek mythology. That's what, a, that's what a satyr is. A dragon, of course, could be many things. We read a description of a dragon in Revelation chapter 12, for example. Now, all this time, you thought that was from a movie maker's imagination. You thought that it was something, uh, you know, just in the days of King Arthur and the Round Table, right? No, it's real, folks. It's real. For sure, it is real. You just haven't been able to see it with your eyes, uh, but it's there. It's there. You just can't see it, but you will someday. All right, folks, we're going to take our last break right here, and then we'll pick it up in Isaiah chapter 34 and verse 11. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your followers, particularly this message. This is a very important message, and I hope you're getting a blessing from it. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away.
Amen. We certainly do want you over there. And we are talking about in heaven. 
Hopefully, folks, this message has been getting to you a little bit. If you've, if you've never come to the Lord Jesus Christ, hopefully this is giving you a better understanding of what's in store for you if you don't come to the Lord Jesus Christ. No, you shouldn't say that, preacher. You're scaring people. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the point. There is no greater motivator than fear. And uh, you should be afraid of the possibility of ending up in a place like we've been describing today. So we've been talking about uh, the uh, we've been talking about hell. We've been talking about where it is and who is in hell. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Isaiah chapter thirty-four, verse eleven. Um, there will be uh, flesh-eating birds in hell as well. Isaiah chapter 34, verse 11, But the cormorant and the bittern shall possess it, the owl also and the raven shall dwell in it, and he shall stretch out upon it the line of confusion and the stones of emptiness. Now, if you go down through this chapter, you're going to find six different flesh-eating carnivorous birds are mentioned in the lake of fire. Now, get the picture. I believe in my heart of hearts that God is a God of absolutes. Anything that you find in the Word of God is absolute information. God is absolutely negative and absolutely positive. You know that the Bible is compared to a two-edged sword. Everything that we have in this universe is made of components of positives and negatives. There are positives and negatives when it comes to studying electrons and atoms and the composition of everything that you see around you. God is a God of positives and negatives. And as positive and wonderful and blissful and pleasant and as lovely and desirable as heaven is, you can be sure, you can be sure, you can be sure that hell is the exact opposite in every way. It is awful. It is excruciating. It is painful. It is punishing and is and as wicked and tormenting as you can imagine. Then multiply that by a hundred thousand times, and maybe, maybe you've got a glimpse of what hell is really going to be like. Hell is a place where the fire is not quenched, Jesus said in Mark chapter nine, and the worm dieth not, which will briefly examine in, in just a second. Hell is a place that is inhabited by demonic, wild, screeching, noisy creatures. I mean, folks, really, I couldn't even begin to describe hell. And then the Bible says that hell is a place of worms. Jesus said it's a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Isaiah chapter 66 says the same thing. Now, there was a... Um, now, I've seen this stuff on TV. You know, I like the Discovery Channel. I like seeing shows like that. And, um, you know, I like reading articles and pieces about uh, things like this. But uh, uh, strange marine creatures have been discovered living in deep, dark seawaters heated by volcanic vents in the Gulf of Mexico. You know, that stuff is intriguing to me. Now, you know, uh, folks have kind of dismissed the idea of birds and worms and dragons and creatures living in hell because, you know, after all, nothing can survive indefinitely without light because, you know, hell is also described as outer darkness. Stick with the Bible, folks. Let science and education catch up later. So uh, 
I read this article. It said Peter Lonsdale, Scripps Institution of Oceanography geologist, who heads the scientific team, returned Monday from the expedition in, in the Huaymas Basin, about 600 miles southeast of San Diego. Two similar finds have been made in the open sea. This was the first in the semi-enclosed basin. The discoveries of red snake-like worms that live in long white tubes in the mild deep water raise a question about the necessity of sunlight to support life. The worms were found near undersea geysers and 600-foot-high sulfide cones that warmed the water. Scientists took pictures of the worms and other creatures similar to those found in two seafloor vents off Ecuador and Mexico. All three geysers are located along spreading center cracks in the Earth's crust. These centers are where lava is pushing up to the ocean uh, as giant plates of the Earth's crust pull apart. You know, it's amazing what you can find in a newspaper sometimes, right? Folks, I am convinced, I am convinced without shadow of a doubt that hell is real. I am also convinced that people without Christ die and go there. I'm thirdly convinced that it's not necessary that anybody go there. Now, look, if you're listening today, this was a heavy, heavy message. This was a hard message. But if you're listening today and you have no certainty where you'll spend eternity, my friend, please make certain today. Please stop for a moment and just realize, please just understand that religion does not save men. If you examine the story closely, you'll find that the rich man in Luke 16 was undoubtedly a religious man. Folks, good works don't save people. Doing your best doesn't save people. To say that any one of those things were efficacious in your salvation would be to suggest that the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross was of no effect. Jesus died for you. And the Bible very clearly states that if you ask him to save you and ask him to give you eternal life and ask him to save you from the horrible, awful pit of hell, then you'll get saved. You know, folks get saved for, for various motives and various reasons. Some get saved because they're tired of their sin, and that's commendable. That's commendable. Realizing finally that Jesus Christ is the only solution to give them victory over their sin and give them a genuine purpose and peace. Some people get saved because they see no purpose in their life without salvation, and that's also commendable. Now, I've already told you, but there's only one reason that I got saved. And after I got saved, I realized there were a lot more benefits than I had ever expected. But I got saved for one reason. I didn't want to go to hell. And that makes sense. I mean, why should anyone want to go to hell? Why should you want to go to hell? You don't. You don't. Now, some of you know folks that are going to hell. I know folks that are going to hell. We need to spend some time witnessing to them and praying for them and, ha and have concern for them because they're going to go straight to hell without Jesus Christ. 
They need to get saved. They need to avoid hell. Now, I've tried to explain as vividly and as carefully, you know, documented upon the Word of God as I can, what the Bible teaches about hell. And I'm wondering how many of you listening can say from the bottom of your heart that you know that you're not going to hell because there's a day in your life when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and God had eradicated all doubt about it, that you know that you're not going to hell. I wonder if you, if, if, if you have every assurance about that, you know, locked deep down in your soul and your heart, I wonder. You can say, I know I'm not going to hell. Then at the same time, I wonder who would say, you know, just to be perfectly honest with you, I'm not sure. I don't really know. You know, maybe you're saying there's a fear in your heart that maybe I will go to hell. I don't know, but I'd like to know. I mean, if you would like to have a surety and some security about your soul, and if you'd like to know that you're saved and your sins are forgiven and that you stand right with God and that heaven is your home, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. So would you please let me know? You can email me, info at sortofthespiritpodcast.com. You can go to our website, sortofthespiritpodcast.com, fill out the web form and let me know. And I wonder how many of you listening would say, you know, I'm saved and I'm burdened to witness to someone that, that's going to hell. Would you pray for me? Father, we're here today and you've seen the expression of hearts because you can see our hearts. You can see our thoughts. There are folks that are concerned about their soul. And God, thank you that they're concerned. I thank you that the Holy Spirit has worked in their lives throughout this message today to uh, perhaps convince them that at least there is a hell and they need to be concerned about it. Lord, thank you so much for the work of your Spirit because you can do what we can never do. But I pray, Lord, that you'll help them go one step further with this realization that they may have. I pray, Lord, that you'll help them do something about the information that they have received today. Lord, before this broadcast ends, I pray that they don't disconnect without Jesus Christ and salvation. I pray, Lord, that they would respond. I pray that they would come. God, I pray that they would be saved and that you would intercede in their behalf. And Father, I thank you for the folks that are concerned about others. Lord, you know because you have the capacity to look upon every single heart and, and, and you know who their burden is. And I pray for them. I pray that you would give, uh, that, that you would give the, our, our people listening another opportunity to say something about them, to say something to them about the Lord. 
I pray that you'll work in the lives of those that are on their way to hell and that you'll prepare their hearts to receive the gospel. And I pray that as a result of this expression of concern, Lord, that we'll see souls get saved. And Father, I will thank you for it. In the precious name and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, amen, and amen. Well, folks, I want to say thank you again for, uh, for tuning in to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Thank you so much uh, for spending the last all, almost two hours with us on this very, very important subject on hell. Folks, I cannot emphasize more how important this subject is. Please, talk to your family. Talk to your friends. Talk to those people in which you have a sphere of influence that nobody else might have. This is very important. It's very serious. So once again, folks, I just want to say thank you for, for tuning in. Don't forget to head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Look for that support this podcast button. And if you can support us with a monthly contribution, that would be fantastic. Waygiver, Cash App, however. And folks, don't forget, we have to win the lost at all costs. Lord willing, I'll see you Thursday. God bless you. Have a great day. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.